0: This is PhotoBizX, episode number 436. And today we are talking with a photographer based in a small town who hired a photography business coach, changed the way he thought about business and pricing, altered his mindset around money. And since then, he quit his day job. He's full time into photography. And although it's early days, things are looking incredibly good. We're going to hear all about it in today's interview. And our special guest is Nick Buttergig. That interview is coming up in just a minute.
1: Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich.
0: Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast podcast. Nothing brings me more joy than interviewing a PhotobizX Premium member, someone who's been part of the membership for a while and has seen fantastic success as a result. I know you are going to love Nick's story and what he shares in the upcoming interview. Before we get into that, I do have a couple of announcements after the interview with Nick. There is one Important one, super important one, because it's happening tomorrow morning as I record this episode, and that is the Expo Training with Kim Hamlin. Now, if you are a photographer, particularly a portrait photographer, and this will apply to you if you are photographing pets, people, babies, newborns, families, if you are relying solely on Facebook ads or one specific kind of marketing, then you really need to expand what you're doing and not put all your marketing eggs into the one basket. And I am 100% confident that this training by Kim tomorrow is a fantastic way to expand what you're doing in regards to marketing. And the reason I say that is because Kim has the runs on the board with this. She has had a super successful business a portrait studio photography business that she built up to a revenue of $500,000 and she got to a point where she was bringing in over $100,000 in portrait photography sales from expos, which she's been attending and generating leads from since 2013. So she really has refined the art into getting the most from expos in regards to portrait photography bookings and sales. Now, I know we're coming out of COVID and the lockdowns and restrictions, so there haven't been a lot of expos, but you can bet that they will be starting up again soon. So if you've thought about attending an expo to grow your business, to attract more leads, or maybe you've thought about the idea of an expo, but you've got no idea where to start, maybe you've done an expo in the past and had no success in generating leads and sales, whatever the case, the training tomorrow will be perfect for you. Now, the fantastic thing about the live training, if you can make it, is that it's only $97 you'll have direct access to Kim during the training so she'll be able to answer your specific questions while the training is happening now if you can't make the live training the cost will remain at $97 till the end of this month after that it's going to become a standalone course over on the photobizx.com website and the price will go to 197 so if you are thinking about attending an expo whether it's soon or sometime in the future This will be a fantastic investment. And of course, and I mean this, if you feel you don't get value, if you feel you do the training and it's not right for you, if you don't think you can make this work for yourself, I will refund you 100%. No questions asked. That's how strongly I believe in what Kim will be delivering for you in this training. So for more details, head over to photobizx.com forward slash expo. That's E-X-P-O. Sign up for the live training. Hopefully, you can make that. If not, catch the recording. But either way, you will be locked in at that $97 price. You'll have access to Kim for a one-on-one session after the training. And you'll have access to any iterations of the course as they become available. photobizx.com forward slash expo. If you want to utilize more marketing strategies than what you're using right now. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Oh, and just quickly, really quickly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Nick. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you'd like to hear the full interview with Nick, get all the great juicy stuff that he shares in the second half. You can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's the same membership that Nick talks about in the interview. You can get details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is Nick Buttergig from Broome in Western Australia. Now, I've known Nick for a few years through the podcast. He's been a listener and a member since 2018 He's got access to various courses, and I worked with him personally through one of the daily vlog challenges. And Nick also participated in the Coaching Diary series earlier this year when he started working with business and mindset coach Joel Dunn. During his audio diary updates, we were hearing about his terrific strides in business as he added portrait photography to his wedding photography business. And in a recent email exchange with Joel Dunn, Joel said to me, I don't know if you look for recommendations on people to interview, but I've got a client, Nick Buttergig, who would be amazing. What he has achieved in the last year is pretty impressive and he's the nicest guy, which I already knew. So I followed up with Nick and I'm wrapped to say that he's here with us right now. Nick, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Such a nice intro.
0: But <laughs> it's my pleasure. Before we get into the nitty gritty, you've got to let the listener know exactly where you are right now. Where are you recording from?
1: So, currently, I am in Broome, WA, and I'm sitting in my driveway in my camper trailer, which I've turned into a bit of a makeshift office. So, pretty much running the um, running the photography business out of the camper trailer in the driveway <laughs> at the moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if anyone that's not familiar, camper trailer is basically a tow along caravan that pops up.
1: That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Pop it up, sit in here, and get a bit of work done. So, I've got to, it
0: must be boiling hot sitting in the camper trailer,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty warm at the moment. Um, yeah, temperature's up to around 40 degrees at the moment. But um, yeah, a bit of um, got the fan going and a bit of cold water. And um, yeah, it's all good. So, And again, 40 degrees Celsius.
0: I think that's getting close to 100 in the Fahrenheit numbers, which is uh, yeah,
1: it's crazy. It's pretty
0: warm. So why are you out there in the camper trailer doing this? And why do you do some of your work out there?
1: Oh, just a bit of a space away from the family home. We've just got a little small house, two-bedroom house here in Broome. We would like to upgrade, but there's just no properties for rent at the moment with the whole COVID pandemic situation going on. Um, Pretty much all the rentals are full in town. So we're going to stay in this house for the next year. I'd love to get a little office space at some stage. So that's sort of boiling away in the background, but at the moment it's the camper trailer.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So, and you've got a wife and two young children. So again, that's where you need that bit of space to get away so you can focus on the work.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, got two little boys, a uh, 1-year-old and a 2-year-old, and my wife um yeah, she's sort of she's going to head back to work in the next few weeks, just doing a bit of casual work back at the hospital. And uh, yeah.
0: Nice. And you're full-time photography, aren't you?
1: Full-time photography. So, I think last time we chatted, Andrew was um yeah, at the end of last year, the start of this year, and I was still working full-time in health. Um Western Australian Country Health Service, and I ended up resigning from my job in February and just taking the leap into full-time photography.
0: Unreal. All right, just before we get into that, and for the listener didn't hear your coaching diary series, can you just give us a a bit of a snapshot of Broome? Because it's not your typical city, is it?
1: No, it's a small town. So it's a a coastal town. It sits right at the top of Western Australia. So it's the northwest of, of Australia. It's pretty much a a coastal town and it backs onto the desert. So it's just all desert behind us, but we own a little peninsula, which is just, it's just beautiful. So six to eight months of the year, it's blue skies, not a cloud in the sky, just beautiful 30 degree weather. And then it does heat up at the end of the year over summertime. So from now, sort of November until March, it's quite hot and humid and rains a lot. I think there's about 14,000 people that live in Broome. But that swelled this year because it's a pretty big tourist destination. But there was talk of um, about 70,000 people being in Broome at one stage this year. So, yeah, it gets busy for tourists, the tourist season and it's a, just a bit of a hot spot to get away from the cold weather.
0: Wow. Okay. So, 14,000 locals and then you have fifty five or 60,000 people coming in as tourists. So, yeah, who are yeah. your clients? Are they mainly tourists or are they locals?
1: Uh, no, locals. All locals. Um, I have thought about trying to work in the tourist market but it's just been booked, booked pretty solid with the local crew at the moment.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so you could, even without the tourists, I mean, I guess the tourists bring in money to the town for the locals, but it sounds like you don't need a massive population to have the kind of business that you do.
1: No. Um, well, yeah, 14,000 people. It is a sort of young town, so there's lots of young families, so focusing the portraits on the family side of things has been great, but one of my biggest concerns going full-time into the photography business was that it's a small town. I'm not going to make enough bookings and I'm going to run out of people to photograph. But yeah, just the inquiries and the leads and the bookings are still coming through pretty solid.
0: Unreal. unreal. So let's go back to February when you decided to give your notice and yep. quit the full-time job. Yep. What was the catalyst for that decision? Like, Did you have like a certain number of leads? Did you have a certain amount of money in the bank?
1: Did you just feel like things were going to go good? Yeah, for sure. There's a few things leading up to it. So I started coaching with Joel in, um, I think, our little Lewis, um, our one year old now. He was about one month old when I started coaching with Joel. So it would have been around this time last year. So we just, a lot of things were leading up to it. So yeah, just getting a bit of a backstop with finances. So I had about six months expenditure sort of sitting in the bank as a bit of a backstop and just knowing the process and getting the process started. So I did a few shoots. And sales in January and a few in February, just to sort of test the waters. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, this is it. I can do it." And then just took the leap. Told my boss, um, I actually asked for for six months' leave without pay, and then they declined that. And I said, "All right, then I'll see you later. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be leaving." So, um, so yeah, it was definitely a big leap. But um, haven't looked back. I haven't really thought about the old job. And yeah, at the moment, I feel like I'm working a lot less instead of doing the, the long days, eight till four in the office. Yeah. So doing a lot less hours, I guess, in the business and yeah, making a bit more money. So when you say doing
0: less hours in the business, do you mean you were working full-time for health and then coming home and working the business or are you actually working less in the business now as well?
1: Yeah, no. So I was working full-time for health and doing business after hours essentially and now take away the full-time work. There's just a lot more time to focus on the business and So I'm working now, I'm working a lot less than I was doing full-time work. Yeah. So maybe to be doing about 30 30 hours a week now in the business.
0: Fantastic. That is so good. So again, I just want to go back to around that period in February. Yeah. What's your wife's name? Emma. Emma. So you and Emma, I guess you're sitting down, you're doing the figures. So you guys come up with the six-month savings in the bank to get you through. Yeah, You know, did you both have reservations or, you know, did you have Joel there saying, listen, the numbers are here, you can do this. I'm just curious about the actual mindset and the decision-making process to go full-time.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I guess it was the job, the health job. It was a funny time to sort of take that leap because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I've got a a job in health that's so super safe. And I'm taking this leap into a business, a full-time portrait photography business. It's just like, what am I doing? But it was definitely a lot of processing and a lot of discussion between me and Em, just talking about it, how it's going to work, what are the benefits, what are the risks involved as well, like what happens if it doesn't go too well. And there's always work to go back to. So I did have a bit of a backstop. I could just sort of call up my old boss and say, hey, is there work? And I'll probably get a bit more work again. So,
0: Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like a, it was a risk, but it wasn't like super, super scary. I mean, there was a backstop there. You had a bit of savings. You had the potential to go back to another job. It wasn't like life or death.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the main things that working with Joel has sort of taught me, and I said this to him the other day, and I think it's just his action, just taking action. Because sometimes, and I know me, like me anyway, I can just sort of like overanalyze things or just get into a bit of a bit of a fluff around taking action, but he sort of calls it messy action. So it's just doing it and taking the leap and and just doing it. And the other thing is just, I did feel a bit of fear from it as well. Like it was a bit fearful, but I heard a good podcast the other day. I can't remember who it was by and they sort of just talked about using fear as a compass. So if it does make you a bit scared and it it does sort of, um, yeah, if you do feel a bit fearful doing something, then maybe it's a good thing because you can grow and you can learn from doing that. And, And it was a scary thing to do. And Sort of got over that hurdle, and it's just been the yeah one of the best things.
0: Unreal, unreal. So how long into working? Because you were one hundred percent weddings, weren't you? Before you started working with Joel?
1: Yeah, I did a bit of family stuff here and there, but no real. I did a little bit more shoot and burn. I think I was charging six, seven hundred dollars maybe for like a thirty photos sort of thing. But um, yeah, just full weddings. Yeah.
0: Okay, and, and now give us a snapshot of your business today.
1: Um, snapshot of the business today. So. I think I've only shot maybe six or seven weddings this year. I've done a few little bookings here and there, but I have shot, I think, 70, 70 portraits this year.
0: Wow, that is awesome.
1: Yeah. So, since, um, yeah, since working with Joel, I shot 70 portraits, which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, definitely focusing on that. And I do want to move away from weddings. I've booked a few for next year, but I don't want to overbook. So, I'll probably cap it at maybe maximum 10 weddings.
0: Right. And they're locals as well, aren't they? They're not people coming into Broome to get married?
1: No, they are. There's a lot of people coming up from Perth and down south to get married. So there's a few Broome locals, but the majority sort of come up here to elope or to get married, have a bit of a destination wedding.
0: I mean, to me, it sounds like an incredible market for you like to photograph destination weddings or elopements. It sounds like you're in the perfect place to do that. Why not chase those?
1: I think just coming back to, um, I think it's just it's a bit of work. So, um, shooting a wedding, it can be a full day, meet the client, do a zoom call. And it's just, you put a lot of hours and a lot of energy into it. Whereas portraits pretty much just working less for more money. So, and there's more of it as well. So like I can sort of predict, it's a lot more predictable, the, um, the portraits I can know how many I can book per month. Whereas the weddings, you sort of got to, I feel like I got to hustle and work a bit harder for them. Whereas the portraits you can easily book and generate leads and and I usually spend around four to five hours per, maybe four hours per portrait session. So that's the the consult call, the planning appointment, the shoot and the sale, and just sort of averaging a bit better than weddings doing that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the average has gone up and above six or
1: $700. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So from my 70 shoots in the last year, I'm averaging, um, yeah, $2,200 per shoot.
0: Wow. Okay. That is awesome, mate. That is so good. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> So do you and Emma, do you, like, do you sit back and think, wow, can't believe we're doing this? Or is it just like normal now?
1: It's funny. It's funny you say that. Sometimes I woke up the other day and I think it was my first day that I thought, oh my gosh, I can't be bothered today. And I was like, all right, that must mean it's like, this is work now. I think the honeymoon phase sort of wore off a little bit. <laughs> and But I sort of got over that pretty quickly and just sort of pinched myself and said, hey, I could be back in the office. But yeah, it's definitely been a life changer for us really just having the two kids and I just spend a lot more time with them now. And I usually work during the week, most mornings. So I'll work from eight to 11, do three hours and then sort of take the rest of the day off, maybe do a shoot in the evening and then have usually work pretty hard on a Saturday, do lots of appointments and sales. And, but yeah, it's definitely been a game changer for us because I don't know how we would have gone with me being at full-time work with the two kids and things like that. So Yeah.
0: Sure. So like on that day that you woke up and you thought, oh, I just don't feel like it today. <laughs> yeah, and, and you also said that you work, you know, most days eight till 11. Like, what is it like? Do you have a daily routine where you do set things every day?
1: Yeah, I, I try to. It's one of the things I've been working with Joel with as well. Just try to have a bit of a set rhythm. And so I've been shooting on certain days. So I shoot on Thursday evenings. Um, I'll do one portrait session. And then Saturday, I'll try and book a few in the morning and a few in the afternoon. And then potentially a portrait session on a, on a Sunday evening as well. So yeah, so Monday and Tuesday, more admin days, getting print orders in, things like that. Tuesdays is when I get people to book in consult calls. So I do all my calls on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday... Thursday, sort of just catching up on things, things I need to do, admin, things like that. And Saturday and Sunday, usually big days for planning appointments. So I go around to people's houses and do in-person sales at their house. So usually do a planning appointment at their house, drop in and say hello, look at their wall space. I mean, on a Saturday and the Sunday, I'll do the sale as well.
0: Right. So a planning appointment for you is the pre-shoot consultation?
1: Yeah, it's a pre-shoot consultation. So it's pretty much what Joel hit the process that Joel walks us through and it's just a um it's just a chance to touch base show people the artwork what they can do with their photos and just just sort of increase their quote a little bit as well just talk about what we can do with the photos and just bump up the quote a little bit and just get them excited get them excited about their shoot so get them emotionally involved, see what they can picture on their wall. And um, yeah, it's just a great opportunity to break down some barriers as well, just before the shoot. And everyone enjoys it. They're really grateful that I come around and say hello and their kids get to say hello as well. So then on the day of the shoot, it's just, it's so much more chill because we sort of know each other. We've already had the phone consult. We've already had the planning appointment. So we all know each other um, already. And I think it's just it's definitely one of the things that's bumped up the average for sure.
0: That's so good. Okay, let me just take you back through here because I just want to make sure I've got this clear. So you have a consult call first. Is that when someone's already booked you that they've said, Nick, we want to have a family portrait shoot or they're responding to an ad or like, when does that happen?
1: Yes, yeah, it's pretty much responding to an ad, a competition or a giveaway. So I do get a few organic leads through for family shoots for portrait sessions, but it's mainly the the, the, um, the voucher process that Joel does. He talks us through it. And so it's just, it's putting up a Facebook ad Um, what did I do recently? I I did a mums and daughters comp. So I've got a heap of leads through that. And then I just filter the leads again. They go into a bit of a shortlist, a shortlist. Um, what do you call it? Like a little. Uh, To qualify them? Yeah. To qualify them. That's the one. Yeah. So qualify them through a shortlist and then send out a voucher and they book their own call in. So I just send them a letter and it's got a little QR code on it. Everyone knows how to use the QR code reader these days. So I just book in a call and it just pops up on the computer and I've just got a list of people to call each day. And, and because they've already been qualified, I give them the starting prices, which is for me, it's around $800. So they know they've got to put money in. So they've already, they've almost been pre-qualified and then I'll give them a quote for their wall up and then we'll go from there. They'll book in their session.
0: Okay. So let's say I respond to one of your ads, a competition or whatever. So I respond, how do I answer some questions on a form? Do I just put my email address in?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I set up a Google Forms. So they just click on a link, put your name in, put your email address in, your phone number, and why you'd like to win the competition, why portrait photography is important to you. And then that goes into one spreadsheet. And then at the end of the comp, I'll send out an email and an SMS to all those people who have entered and just let them know that, you've been shortlisted. And if you'd like to remain in the competition, please read this carefully. And it just gives them a rundown of the process and how much things might cost. And that's
0: when they initially see how much they're going to be up for as a minimum, like the 800.
1: Yeah. It just gives them a little taster and some people, which is great because sometimes I've had competitions where there'll be over a hundred leads and then maybe 30 would then book in a call from that or remain in the competition from that. And the ones who do remain in the competition are pretty much book 90% of them. Wow. Yeah, which is really good because you're just filtering out. You're just trying to look for the best leads and who, would, um, who you'd work with the best and who values photography, yeah. So good. So
0: then so you're doing that filtration process on the consult call
1: No, the filter is through just sending out another SMS and they fill out another Google Forms. Oh,
0: okay. So you just make them jump through a few hoops.
1: Yep. so congratulations, you've been shortlisted. I've had so many entries. It would be great to hear from you if you want to remain in the competition. And it just, again, name, email address, phone number, postal address to send the voucher to. And it just says, yes, I want to remain in the competition. I really value photography. And the other one is, no, photography is not my priority at the moment please pass it on to somebody else. And so it gives them an easy out and then they can just easily exit the competition. And then the ones who really do value it, have, have they've seen like the starting prices and they can go from there. And then usually the, um, yeah, and then they book in the call from there.
0: So then you go to something like Acuity Scheduling or Calendly.
1: Yeah, yep, yep. I just use Acuity there and then I'll send the voucher out to them and then SMS them and say, hey, hopefully you've received your voucher. Here's a link to booking your consult call. And then I just book in their own call.
0: Well, okay, And that's when you start chatting then about the family, the location, what to wear, all that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, in Joel's coaching, he's got a um, little consult script, which is, um, it's just awesome. I have it up for every single call and it's just, it's just pretty much, yeah, who's going to be in the shoot, really diving down into the personality of their kids and what's important to them, what they want to capture. And we, um, yeah, just talk about the shots we can get to really get them emotionally involved in the photography. And it's usually with mums. There's been a few dads, but 95% of the time it's mums and, um, yeah, mums love talking about their kids and (laughs) and what they're into and just get them emotionally involved. And then we just talk about their wall space. So how big the wall is, what might look good on their wall. And then I just give them a quote. So I usually quote around a thousand dollars and they either say, yep, that sounds great. And I say, cool. When are we looking at booking in? Or they say, oh no, it might be a bit too much. Don't really want to spend that much money. And I say, okay, cool. That's like, that's a bigger sort of thing. You can, a bigger sort of print. You could go a smaller one if you wanted to. And they're like, I'm um an R ah about it. And I say, that's cool. Maybe it's not for you at this time, or maybe I'm not the right photographer for you. I'll give you a call in, in a few days and touch base. Um, they go off and think about it. And sometimes they say, yep, we've thought about it. That sounds great. And sometimes they just say, no, it's not for us, which is totally fine. So there's just, it's just a no pressure approach. Um, it's all the ball's always in their court. And I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to force anyone into anything or coerce them in with weird pricing systems and things like that. And I just, yeah, I just want to be pretty transparent and, and stay true to sort of, yeah, my, my values and, and that with the business.
0: That's so good, especially like being in, in a smaller town. I guess word travels pretty quickly. and Yeah,
1: for sure. You, know,
0: you want to be able to walk around the shopping center
1: and oh, smile
0: I... and say hello to past clients.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I'm scared to go out because I know like half the family's in the shopping center there. And I'm just like, oh, but you do, you sort of have to be on your best behavior, so to speak, <laughs> because, yeah, because it is a small town and word does get around and, yeah, but it's not hard it's just you just got to yeah just what my values are and and just play to that and and if people don't want to want to have their photo taken or don't want to spend up on the money then that's totally fine but it does work the other way as well if you do well then people sort of spread it pretty quickly and i've had it recently where I've, um yeah i've had some really good feedback from a lot of people and and people do talk, and it's all been really positive. So people have wanted to book in because of word of mouth as well. So it's been great. Nice. I want to ask you about
0: you know how uncomfortable you felt you know when you started doing this process and going through these phone calls. But just before that, like talking about being in a small town, you know, are you worried that when you're when you're running promotions, or, you know, you're doing competitions, that the same people are seeing them over and over? Or has, has that been a factor?
1: Oh yeah, every time, every time I'm like, what am I doing this for? Everyone's going to see it. But I sort of take a little step back and say, okay, I've only run maybe five this year and it's every few months sort of thing. And even doing a third party one here and there, it sort of takes the focus off me a little bit. But I do, I do sort of worry a bit that it's going to be like, oh, here we go. Another f- photography competition. But, <laughs> but Joel's actually been awesome because it, it has been one of my, um, Concerns, and he's been doing it for years. And he says, "Oh, some people have got seven vouchers sitting at home that he's done before, and they just never use them. They always enter, and there's always going to be people. It's it might be the wrong time for people, and they might see something that really resonates with them. and And it's sort of true. Like, I've, I feel like at the start of the year, I had a lot of lot of entries because no one had really done it here before. And the entries, like the the um the numbers of entries I've had, is has sort of dropped down a bit, but now it's pretty consistent around the. 30 to 50 sort of mark for each comp sort of later in the year. So that's, um, yeah, it's positive. So, but there are other ways I'm trying to diversify as well, the voucher system. So I'm um, just working with schools. I've given away a few at schools where they can buy the voucher in, in auctions so that's been really good and I've had a few sale good sales from those and just working with little charities around the town as well that might be doing like a raffle or some auctions as well so just looking at different ways to um yeah to get my name out there and do some different ways to get vouchers out there
0: I like that. I love how you're feeling all the things that every photographer would be feeling like,
1: having these worries. Yeah.
0: But you must feel some like real relief knowing that you can bounce these ideas off Joel. And he says, oh, Nick, don't worry about it. I've been doing this for seven years.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's just like, yeah, every time I have a concern or something, I'll go to Joel and I'll be like, I'll be in a huff or something. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Um, someone that it's a no sale or they've, I've had an issue with something and He's just so chilled and calm and such a guiding light to um, just say, okay, cool, let's take a step back. What's going on? Yep, okay, great, do this and then move on to the next thing. Put it out of your mind and crack on with it essentially. And just hearing him say that, it actually it actually works. Like <laughs> It's just like, okay, cool, got a bit of guidance, let's get this done and then move on to the next thing because I feel sometimes you just get so focused on one little issue one little issue and it can sort of just wear, wear away at you whereas just yeah having Joel there in the group we um yeah we talk about all the things that have come up for us and it just helps us move through and just progress onto like the next thing that we're doing and and we just always moving forward which is awesome
0: I like that Let me take you back to the calls Yeah one of the biggest fears that photographers, listeners have is making those calls and then not only the call itself, but also making that transition to talking about the kids and the family and um, the location and what to wear, which is all fun stuff. And then making that transition to talk about wall art and sales and pricing. Like, did you struggle with that in the beginning or did that come easy for you?
1: A little bit. I think one of the main things is just building rapport with the person on the phone. So just building that rapport quickly and early on in the conversation and it's easy because I've got kids now, so I can just sort of relate to their kids, to my kids. So building that rapport really quick. And I've got um, my old job as a counsellor, so I can listen and I can understand sort of you know what people are talking about. And yeah, so using those counselling skills, I think comes in handy as well. For me, I think talking about price was a bit a hard one. And it's just that whole thing about talking about money. I used to always get to the point of... Giving them a quote, my mouth would go watery, and I'd have a frog in my throat, and I'd be stuttered. Oh, that might cost, oh, you know, a thousand bucks, and all of a sudden, I can just see them like, oh, here we, here we go. So, I think just practicing and practicing and practicing, and I think it comes down to knowing your true value as well. And I never, I'd never printed photographs to sell to anyone before the start of this year, so after i had gone through the whole process and seen people love their photographs and have them on their wall and it's something special and there's the real i understand the value of it now so i have no issues in saying this is how much things cost because i know it's actually worth probably more than that so um yeah so it's just building confidence and knowing yeah your true value as a as a photographer and and as a business person
0: yeah i love that so, Nick, when you are on the call, let's say you're talking to me, you know, I'm in Broome, I'm booking a shoot, you're talking about our kids and I'm loving the sound of everything. Like, how do you make that transition to, so tell me about your walls, like, is it like that or, you know, is yeah, it? I
1: sort of. I sort of build up. So at the start of the call, I always talk about the wall art. So, hey, it's Nick. Have you received your voucher in the mail? Yeah, received it. And then I talk about the voucher. So I say you get the portrait session and then you've got a $250 credit to spend towards any wall art. So I specialize in wall art. So canvases and frame prints. So something beautiful for your home, something you can look at every day and really value. So then I drop that in there. It's all wall art, wall art, wall art. And then I just sort of run them through the process. And I say, the reason I get you on the phone is to just to talk about you and who might be in the photographs just so I get to know you guys and to, to show your real personality in the photographs. And then we'll discuss different options for your wall at the end of the call. So it's already in there. So then I say, okay, cool. We talk about these beautiful photos of all the family on the beach, having laughs and cuddles and the kids going crazy and things like that. And then I say, okay, cool. We've got these beautiful photographs. Where would you like to put them? Do you have a specific wall in mind? You'd like to put them at home. And sometimes I say, yeah, we'd love to put a big 80, 80, piece canvas series up on the wall and I'll say fantastic (laughs) sometimes I'll say um yeah we've got a little wall space we just put a little frame or something there so just talk them through and what it could look like
0: okay so it sounds like it comes pretty easy now like with a bit of practice
1: yeah it does come pretty easy and I've actually just advertised the um advertise for a position for someone to take the calls off my <laughs> <laughs> things to do because there are a lot of phone calls to make and it's very time-consuming and it does come easy and I feel like I can do it really well. Um, I would have made over 200 calls this year, maybe 250 calls. And yeah, so I've just advertised for it. an admin telemarketer person to join the, the team, um, the team of just me. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, so I've had not much of a response, unfortunately. So I might have to keep on making these phone calls for the next little bit, but that's all good.
0: Out of curiosity, I mean, did you and Emma talk about Emma doing them?
1: Yeah, a little bit, but I feel like it's sort of, yeah, she sort of said, oh, I could make the calls. And I feel like it sort of defeats the purpose a bit because there's stuff to do. Like then I would be with the boys when she was doing the calls. So I just want someone to have their own office space at home. I give them a list. And they just call people because I feel like a lot of people have fallen through the gaps because I just haven't had enough time to, to call them and or I might have missed a few. So if I can just stay on top of who needs to be called and, and a lot of people don't answer, um, might leave a message, they call back and I miss their call, I could try again. It's a lot of back and forth. So if there's someone dedicated to do it, you know, like a couple of days a week, then I can just focus on other things as well. I can focus on it. It gives me more time to maybe shoot a bit more and do more sales. So if I can take those phone calls away, just, yeah, it just frees up a lot more time. So yeah, we have talked about him doing it. I don't know how it would go down and, just trying to, yeah, trying to keep the harmony in the household.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, it doesn't really make sense if you're looking for more family no, time together. Yeah, because yeah. you're taking someone else out of the family. Yeah, for sure. When you run your ad, you might have to advertise the fact that you get to work out of a, a pop up trailer in the driveway with a fan. Oh, we'll
1: have, we'll have people lined up down the street, <laughs> I reckon, for a job like that in Broome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, with your calls, with the consult calls, so you said you finish up there with, you know, is it basically, do you want to book or do you want to schedule a date?
1: Yeah. So I usually just say, they say, yep. I give them a a quote and say, look, take away the voucher. It's going to cost you around a thousand bucks. How does that sound? And they say, yep, that sounds great. I said, fantastic. When are you thinking about doing the shoot? And they'll say, oh, we're thinking maybe this month or maybe next month in November. I say, okay, cool. Let's book in a date now. If you need to change the date, give us a buzz. Because sometimes I, if they get off the phone then, it's so hard to chase them up. And it's just so much easier to lock them in there and then. So I'll give them a date for the shoot. And they say, yep, fantastic. Sunday the 22nd, let's lock that in um, down at the beach. Um, and I say, cool, let's book your planning appointment for one week beforehand. And I've just found it; it's just a nice catch up with them a week beforehand. So I usually do that in the morning on the same day, a week before, or a few days difference. And then we lock them in. So I take a $50 booking fee, which I usually get 70 to 80% of the time. Sometimes people don't. So I'll send them my bank details and they don't pay, but I usually get the booking fee. And then that booking fee goes towards their print credit, and it's refundable if they, if they decide to um, ditch the shoot.
0: So the ones that you know you said to you get 80% of the booking fee, the ones that don't pay that, are they the ones that are more likely or do they normally cancel?
1: I don't have full stats on it, but I think it probably would. Yeah, they probably would. Um, people that don't pay the booking fee probably would, but I have had to refund quite a few booking fees. Um, I went through, what was it last month in September? I think I had 18 shoots booked and I ended up shooting eight. I just had a, like a heap of reschedules and cancellations and it was just really weird. I didn't know really what was happening. And I think someone posted up on the Photo Biz Facebook page as well. They had a lot of people rescheduling and cancelling as well. And I I got a bit, yeah, got a bit weird about it. I was like, Oh, what's going on? Is it me? Is someone, you know, small town, someone said something, I don't know what's happening. And, and just looking back at it, a lot of people wanted to reschedule. There's lots of family stuff going on for people. It was like school holidays and there's just lots of things happening. So I think it was a bit out of the blue, the, um, yeah, it was like nearly 50% cancellations, but, um, or reschedules. But yeah, I think most people who pay the booking fee are just super excited to have their portraits done. Yeah.
0: Wow. Isn't it interesting how all of a sudden we and like the way you thought the way that you did that, oh, maybe someone said something, you know, maybe I've done something wrong rather than it just being a natural thing?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: And I wonder if we were to speak, say, you know, in five years or seven years, you would just say, oh, look, it's just a natural thing. It happens in cycles. Like, I wonder if it just becomes normal once you get used to it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it does. And I need to, um, one thing that Joel's worked with, with us on is is keeping those stats. So keeping how many of you booked for the month, how many reschedules, how many cancellations. So then you can have that long-term view of how many are cancelling, how many are not, how many shoots you've done, how many sales. So really knowing your numbers, because then you can just take a step back and have a look at the bigger picture and just say, okay, cool. There's been a few that have rescheduled or canceled this month. It's just what happens. So you just get used to it. And I think it was just one out of the blue that I wasn't used to and just got a bit worried. And, but now, now it's, I haven't had any cancellations or reschedules for a while now, which has been nice. So good.
0: Nick, when you're on the phone on the consult call and you mentioned the planning appointment for the first time, do you get some pushback there? Do people think, look, why do we have to talk again?
1: I don't think I've had one pushback yet. I think I had one lady who wanted to do it over Zoom who was in town, which is totally cool. If she doesn't want me to go around to a house, I totally understand. That's up to her. Everyone else, I've had zero pushback. It's been great. They've been like, yep, great, pop around. Um, It's just nice to sort of meet people. Sometimes the dad's there as well, have a chat to them, show them artwork. Yeah, it's great. Okay. So, and just
0: paint me a picture here. Do you turn up? Are you wearing, you know, thongs and your shorts and a singlet top, and uh, just bringing out some artwork, or are you dressed up? Like, how does it work?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's so funny you say that because my wife Emma's—it's been a bit of a running commentary on on what I'm wearing around to people's houses. <laughs> She said to me the other day, she said, Oh, if you turned up to me trying to sell me photographic artwork wearing that, I wouldn't buy a thing off you. So I've, I've, got, I've taken myself and got some new clothes the other day, actually. So um, <laughs> before you
0: describe what you bought, <laughs> what were you wearing? Paint us a picture. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. So you,
1: you mustn't be getting many no-sales then? I've had. I've looked back through it. I got a bit weird last week, the other week, because someone, I sat in and did a sale and they didn't want to buy anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, my life's ending. And, <laughs> and then they messaged me the next day and said, hey, we've had to think about it. We're going to get the portrait box. And I was like, oh, all is good in the world. <laughs> um, and another thing that we sort of talk about with Joel is just sort of having a look at the bigger picture. So we get so focused on like the last sale or the last shoot or something like that. So I'm really trying to learn to, to, if I have a no sale or a low sale, I come back and I look at my spreadsheet of my last sales. And I think I've had three or four no sales out of the 70. Oh, out of 70. Yeah. That's unreal. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So I've had I had one right, two right at the start. So two in January because I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> and then the last one was in. Um, yeah, I think I've had two more. So I've had four all up. So I've had two more since January, and then if I have one, I just need to take a step back and look look at the bigger picture and just say, hey, you know what, my average has been really good. People are buying. Had one no sale. Just crack on with it. Move on. And I think I did. I got all flustered about it and. I think I did, I searched the Photo Biz Facebook page of no sales and I was reading other people's comments and there was people in there to say, yeah, that's what happens, 10% maybe. So yeah, I'm definitely tracking under the 10%, around 5% no sales. So yeah. That's so good. Nick,
0: again, mate, I said it when I talked to you earlier in the year, it's been such a pleasure, mate. You are, like Joel said, a super lovely guy and massive thanks for sharing what you have. Congratulations on your success. And I honestly, I can't wait to have you back on and um, whether it's talking about finishing up in Broome or starting up in, uh, in Victoria and following along with your story, I'm really excited to do that, mate. So, again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have.
1: Thanks, Andrew. It's, um, yeah, it's nice to come on and, and share the story. And, yeah, it's just um, it's been a bit of hard work. But, yeah, thanks to Joel and the group there. And, yeah, thanks to yourself.
0: Oh, mate, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Nick.
1: Awesome, Andrew. Speak to you soon.
0: hope you enjoyed that interview with Nick as much as I did. I already told Nick, and if you are listening, mate, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. And again, massive congrats on your success, Nick. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from Nick. If you didn't find that inspiring, then you obviously were not listening closely enough. And I think Nick is testament to a change of mindset. Believing in yourself, in your photography, in your sales processes, and committing to your business means that you can be successful in business too. Now, if you'd like to check out Anything and everything that Nick mentioned in today's interview. You can find links and examples of his great work in the show notes, and they are at photobizx.com forward slash 436. And of course, if you have a follow up question for Nick, you can hit him up in the comments area. You can reach him on social media. But if you are a PhotoBizX premium member, you can easily reach out to Nick inside the members' Facebook group. Oh, And one thing I should have clarified during the interview, when we were talking about thongs, if you are unaware, (laughs) thongs in Australia uh, are called flip-flops in the UK. I'm not sure what they're called in the US, maybe flip-flops as well, but they're certainly not a (laughs) G-string, which I I believe in America is a thong. For us here in Australia, that's a G-string. I don't think Nick was wearing a G-string when he was going to see his clients. (laughs) We're definitely talking about footwear.
1: It's shout out time.
0: I've got a few big shout outs for today's episode. I'm not going to read through these in their entirety because a few came in this week all at once. The first big shout out goes to Tony Knight of This Is Your Life. He was a fantastic guest on the podcast a couple of years ago now. A big supporter of me and the PhotobizX podcast. He left a wonderful review for the Photography Experiment podcast. So Tony, massive thanks for doing that, mate. I do appreciate it. Another big shout out goes to Ozamik from Nigeria, who recently became a member of PhotobizX. He says that he's happy that he's joined and he's really loving what he's hearing so far. So fantastic and welcome, Ozamic. And thirdly, the most beautiful, glowing, fantastic review was left by Stephanie Jane in iTunes earlier this month and that was following a lovely email exchange that we had as well so Stephanie again so lovely to read your review thank you so much for taking the time to do that it really does mean a lot so for each of you photographers I have left a link in the show notes for today's episode linking to your websites or a page on your website that you've asked me to using a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for is my little way to say thanks for taking the time to leave a lovely rating and a review in iTunes. Again, massive thanks for doing that. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmets, photobizx.com. And just before we close out today's episode, if you are a pet photographer, you will have heard of, particularly if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, both Craig Turner Bullock and Charlotte Reeves, two fantastic photographers in their own right. They have joined forces and combined their education resources to form Unleashed Education. And as part of this new education platform that they're putting together, they're kicking off a six-month challenge to get pet photographers out creating new images and variety in their work and to commit to regular practice to improve your photography. It's called Embark. This is a paid course slash challenge. It's going to run for the next six months. It's going to include 12 different challenges, a new one every two weeks. And you're going to be guided step-by-step through the creation of each shot. They're going to provide instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, plenty of real-life examples and stories, and a downloadable cheat sheet and daily encouragement and inspiration. So you can find more details about this challenge over at photobizx.com forward slash embark that's e-m-b-a-r-k and having interviewed both craig and charlotte i'm pretty sure i've interviewed charlotte a couple of times now they really know their stuff when it comes to pet photography and not only photography but also the business side of things they're both successful in their own right so i couldn't think of two better people to learn from go and check out this challenge if you want to kickstart or give yourself a push with your pet photography photobizx.com forward slash embark to learn more about that all righty that is it for this episode of the podcast if you are going to be on the live training with kim hamlin tomorrow morning i will see you then make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode and please reach out and say thanks to nick Buttergig if you enjoyed his interview today i feel like he just gave so much and shared so much and deserves a congratulations for his success also big thanks to joel for reaching out with that email. And next week, I'm excited to interview another PhotobizX premium member. Until then, stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.
1: If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.